Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode from, of course, China. My name is Fernando, and this is Ziv. And today we are with Jason Polanco. <laughs> okay, we're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. But welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right, cool. Well, um, Jason, Comet, we're going to get to that, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it's um, born in Puerto in Republic, Dominican Republic, right? Yeah. And uh, grew up in New York in... The, Brooklyn, was it? The Bronx. The Bronx. The Bronx. Sorry. The Bronx. Sorry. Sorry, the Bronx. <laughs> and he's been living in China since 2013. He has a dance studio, a bar, and um, has some experience working with visas um, for foreigners here in China. So a lot of cloth to cut from. So why don't you give us a why don't you give us a little little introduction? Say hello to the audience and the listeners. Oh. Hey, uh, man! I, see, I'm always bad at introducing myself. I think, I think, <laughs> I think Fernando did a perfect job introducing me. I'm just a simple guy, though. Outside of all those things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we said uh, today we are with Comet, with Jason. With okay, let's start there. Uh, let's start with that. Yeah. yeah. yeah what is your name? <laughs> How do you know him? Because uh, I know him as Jason. Mm. I I think I I use both Jason and Comet to to refer to you mm. um, to your face I would always say Jason I guess yeah. Yeah, but with some people I say comment because it's your widget yeah. name yeah. and I think maybe they don't know yeah. that your name is Jason they'll be like oh who's so, that yeah so uh, yeah tell us what's with that comment name yeah it, it's just a matter of like the formalities right so like Jason is my actual name well I changed my name to Jason legally <laughs> and so Jason <laughs> is my legal name and so if you know me from work or if we do business at any capacity, then you will know me as Jason. Uh, however, if you know me as like a personality, uh, if you know me from modeling, from dance or anything like that, then you will know me as Comet. Okay. Really. So it's like stage name. Yeah, exactly. Kind of speak. And it's like, an, it's like a persona, I would say. When, when I first <laughs> met you and somebody said Comet, I, I don't know why in my head it rang as Kermit. <laughs> but I was like, no, it's not Kermit. So would it, what does that mean, that name? Or, I mean, uh, So Comet, um, it actually comes from Komitis. And Komitis is Greek for shooting star. Uh -huh. But if it's literally translated, it would be long-haired star. Like a comet. Yeah. So back in the day, <laughs> maybe not that long ago, maybe three years ago before right. the dance studio, I had I mean, very long hair. You still have a long hair, just yeah. not a lot of it, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. short in the front and long in the back, yeah. like a mullet. <laughs> right. you know, that for aerodynamics. Oh, yeah, exactly. For aerodynamics, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had some friends and they're like, oh, man, we should definitely call you this. This, 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 this definitely is a good name for you. I would say that it's a good way to uh, be remembered. Mm, I think so people can remember Comet more than Jason. Jason. Everybody's no. Jason. Well, but yes. if you go yes. to if you go to YouTube, okay, this is on YouTube. This is our YouTube channel, of course, China. But he's got a YouTube channel. What name do you go by over there? Jason Chimera. And then Chimera. Mm. So Chimera is just a, a, a spin off the Chimera. Yeah. And the Chimera is a beast of different uh, animals fused together. Right. Um, so the Chimera also courtesy of my friends, <laughs> was into the mix because there's like, oh, like you're a guy of many, many talents or multiple talents at the time. And it's like, so if I were to give you a, a name, it would be Chimera for like your last name. I'd be like, that sounds cool. Let's put a K on it and make it look dope. <laughs> but also on Facebook, you are Jason Chan. 
Yes. So that's the names. That would be my actual name now. That would be my actual name. At this Jason point. Chan. Yeah, Jason Chan. So what's with Chan? That's a Chinese name. Yeah, it is. C-H-E-N. You didn't know? You didn't know I'm Chinese? C-H-E-N. C-H-E-N or Yeah, actually, that's my wife's last name. Uh, so when we got married, I, I actually decided to take on my wife's last name. Right. Not the other way around. Hmm. Yeah, not the other way around. I'm okay. very anti-traditional. And not both. Yeah, Just not taking both. her name. What did she yes. say about that? Oh, she thought it was cool. She's like, really? Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Right. <laughs> I have, I have a cousin in Switzerland, and he... Very, very liberal people, and mm -hmm. you know, he took her name, she took his name, so it's yeah. they both have both names, yeah, yeah. which is cool. That's equal quality. So, do you, you've actually gone through the process of registering your name, like, yes, with the embassy? The embassy yeah. or consulate? Uh, no, I, first, first of uh, we have to go through the mm, I, I don't know what the formal name is, but basically, the like city hall, yeah, in New York City. And actually go through the marriage license process. You guys married over there or over here? Yeah, we married both places. Both and places. China first. And then City Hall is where you actually write, okay, so which is your name from this point? And then we'll put it on your marriage certificate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the reason for that, though, is that I see it as, what, what is a last name to you guys? What does that mean? Well, to me, it's just kind of like part of your, your family tree. Right. Like yeah. Where right. you come from. Right. Belonging. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So for me, the, the last name that I was carrying does not, in my opinion, I love my family, right? Yeah. And I really have a lot of respect for my family. But unfortunately, due to the circumstances, that last name does not represent me. Okay. And that family also is not responsible for like my upbringing and who I am today. So mm -hmm. that's a part of the reason why I decided to change my name. I honestly feel that more has been done for me here by my Chinese family mm -hmm. than has been done in New York City. I, I had a similar experience when I was a kid. I was really upset at my dad, so I decided to call myself following my mom's last name. Oh. Mm. So oh. everybody oh at school boy. was like, dee, dee, dee. counselor. <laughs> right. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Fernando Bernal for a couple of months. So wow. you can, I mean, you, I mean, I saw, I saw that. I've seen this before, the name somewhere, like on your Facebook or. Oh, no, no, no. The thing is that when you have a name in Spanish, right, mm -hmm. we, we get both last names. You get your you father's do. last name and your mother's last name. So I am Fernando Muñoz Bernal. So you do and have both names. Yes, but I dropped my dad's at that ah, time. Ah, so that's <laughs> common, though, to have both names. Okay. It, it is the norm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't know that. Kind of like the norm. So like in, the, in the, I guess in the U.S. you can go to City Hall and change your name to Donald Duck if you want, whatever, right? Yeah, if you want to, you can. Yeah, there's, to there's no issues with that. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a, there's certain like guidelines you have to follow. Nothing too complicated, but yeah. It's easier than changing the your page name on Facebook. Yeah, it probably. probably. Or your YouTube probably channel. Is. <laughs> <laughs> probably is. Yes, for sure, right? I'll tell you the truth. Right. All right, so tell us a little bit about growing up in, in New York. What was it like? Wow, that's a loaded one. I don't um, even just know anything you want to share with us. I don't know. Uh, I think, I think it was amazing. Tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of, a lot of fond memories. A lot of interesting stuff. Like you know when when people used to kids used to go outside to play mm -hmm. and scrape their knees and you know, get bumps. <laughs> you know it was without that, helmets. Yeah, so. without helmets, riding bikes and that. So that's like nineties. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew okay. up in the 90s in right. New York City, in the South Bronx, the right. safest place in the world. <laughs> you know, you could, you know, you go on the slides in the park and then you see needles on the ground. Like, you know, it's normal stuff. Yeah, be careful. Stuff. It's New York. Little I mean, packets just of the Bronx, white I guess. dust. Anyway, but <laughs> yeah, that, that's what growing up in New York City was like. We didn't pay attention to those things. We're kids. We actually don't know what, it's, what it is. So it was like, right. whatever. Uh, but it was, uh, I think it was wild, man. I really think it was wild. Even like... 
I'm thinking back to like when I was like six or seven and eight years old and like being exposed to the things that I was exposed to at that time, I didn't understand like how serious the situation was until now. Like where what like, kind of situations you mean? Oh, like like finding syringes in the park oh, and okay. like little packets of coke and all <laughs> over the place, like in a kid's park. Uh-huh, you know, like right. that was a thing. And shootings were like, oh, someone's shooting. Bah, bah. Hold on, hold on. Right. Did they finish? They finished? All right, cool. Let's go. Let's go play. Street language was Spanish or English? Uh, I'm mostly English, but we use both. Okay. Definitely use both. But more Spanish. You know, the they say in New York, what's, what's uh, New York's second language? I think it's Spanish. English. English. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. That's what they say also oh. in Miami. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In Florida. Yeah. That All right. Um, tell us a little bit about what you did, uh, I don't know, after school in, in New York. Stuff like that. What did you work on? Because you mentioned modeling. You mentioned, uh, yeah. So what, what kind of TV? What, what age are we talking about? Like? We're talking after high school, or oh, okay. Um, what didn't I do, man? <laughs> I think that would be a shorter list. I did everything. Right. You said before that you did some modeling, right? And, yes. and TV. Yeah, um, yeah. In New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that like? Uh, it was pretty dope, but it also put me on to really understanding the problem with the entertainment industry, I would say. Hmm. Um, so th- uh, I got into modeling because I was working at Levi Strauss and a lot of the times customers would come in, they always say, oh, hey, are you a model here? They wouldn't want to actually ask me to help them with anything because I thought I was just Shops posing. have models? Yeah, shops have models, of course. Oh, okay. Like, especially if you go to, um, <laughs> what, what is it called? What is it called? I don't yeah. know, I thought they would have a mannequin. Like, Aber- no, yeah, Mark, no, 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 no. They use models. Spencer? No, Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Hollister. Tommy Hilfiger, yeah. all those. They literally, you know, they pay people to stand there with their clothes and like, Calvin you know, Klein, yeah. You walk by, they just go, hey, what's up? And you're like, hi. I remember I went to one of their shops. I was like, hey, I'm looking for these jeans. And they're like, oh, sorry, I don't know. And I was like, I just you work here. They're like, oh, I'm just, I just model. Oh, okay. So a lot of customers were under the impression that I was one of those guys at Levi's but no I'm, I'm an actual working a working model does I it guess. still exist this modeling in the shops yeah I'm pretty sure it, it still does exists. I don't think they would in stop. Manhattan yeah yeah I, I don't think they would just stop it but maybe they moved to Instagram there weren't models <laughs> they moved to Instagram there weren't models in the shops in the Bronx oh uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> oh Below the belt. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that would be tough. That would be pretty rough. All right. So from from getting asked whether you were a mother or not, it actually became a career? Or? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it pivoted me to doing freelance modeling, but not like my career. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I did modeling. I did some runway stuff, mostly shoots. Um, I, I got a shoot that I got into a magazine in Spain. It's called the Bernard Times. So I, I still have that magazine with the shoot in it. And I was like, yes, I was in a magazine. Really happy about <laughs> that at the time. Uh, and, you know, just, just to put a little context about the name situation. Yeah. Before I got printed in that magazine, I didn't hear from my family for about five or six years. And after I got printed, and they someone told someone on <gasps> Facebook, he's in a magazine. Uh, I get messages famous. from people that I haven't got messages from for five, six, seven years. You know, <laughs> so this is the kind of stuff okay. that will motivate you to change your last name. You know <laughs> yeah, they want to be found. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So you did that in uh, in New York, some modeling, yeah. some TV, right? Yeah. And then any show? Sorry, any shows that we may have seen or heard? I don't of? know if you guys saw it though. It's called the Bill Cunningham show. Bill Cunningham was it like so. It's like it's like a, it's like a Maury. No, it's a daytime ah, daytime okay, TV okay. daytime TV thing like a Maury. Like Jerry Springer <laughs> with Fatha Springing. You are not the father. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. And but okay, but you were not in the panel, so no, no, no. So uh, it's like it's, I, you know, I, I honestly, it's like like how all the daytime TV shows work, where they actually you have authentic audience members, but then you have audiences planted. that are planted, you know? Right. And they're like, okay, we're going to put all the pretty people over here. Now, look, I think I'm a very average looking dude, but okay, fine. You want to do this and you're going to pay me. It's okay. I don't mind. And so they will plant people. And then when the camera's panning and whatever, they'll try to only show like who they want to show is the audience, the with the, this kind of stuff. With the straight teeth. Oh yeah. <laughs> so pretty. And oh yeah, before that I had my braces just taken out. So it was like perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> New York, New York is a, is a, Many say it's a great city, right? I mean, you know, did you did you enjoy did you enjoy New York like other places, not only your neighborhood and? You know, um, I would say, I didn't really, I didn't really experience New York City, okay, outside of my immediate surroundings or my environment until I was like 19 years old when I started working at Levi's because I had right. to go to Times Square every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I met a lot of so many different people from all over the world. And they're like, hey, we, uh, you know how to get to the Brooklyn Bridge or, right. oh, where's uh, where's Soho or I heard I can get this or see this how kind of stuff. MoMA. I may, I may oh, yeah, been, the MoMA. I may have been one of those people. I was it's there. possible. I lived yeah. there in 2002. Oh, yeah. For a year? Yeah, I was there. That I could have been. Right? Yeah. No. So, you know, after, you know, getting all of this from the tourists and what, I'm like, what are these people talking about? Maybe I should go check this stuff out. <laughs> the naked, the naked cowboy? Should, you know, yeah, yeah the naked cowboy. cowboy. Know him. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's one of those things like if, if you're from Beijing, for example, yeah. you've probably never been to the Great Wall. There's a very good chance you've never been to the Great Wall because <laughs> yeah. you're for from sure. Beijing. You yeah. can go anytime. Yeah. Like, eh, you know, right. I'll get there eventually. So the same thing for me. I never went to the Statue of Liberty. I was just like, right. why? You know, <laughs> I see her every day. Big deal. Right. And that's yeah. how that was. Did you see? I mean, now you're in China, but uh, do you remember seeing a lot of Chinese people there back then? Did you ever go to Chinatown? Well, in yeah. New York, in Chinatown, there's a lot of Chinese people, but outside did of Chinatown, you, did you go it's to, yeah, not really that. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Um, Growing up in New York, um, what kind of experiences did you have with, because we were talking about this the other day with another guest, discrimination. Mm. How do you feel about that? Did you experience it? Oh, that's how did a hard it one. You? That's yeah. a hard one. Yeah. Because mm. oh, New York, tough. this one's tough. No, because New York would have, uh, if you compare with other places in the States, mm. New York is probably a bit better. You're cosmopolitan. Dude. Yes. So you many know, people are more so liberal, people are more worldly. Mm. So we have a we I'm have not a, saying it's right <laughs> now we I think right now it's been removed but we had this thing it was called stop and frisk oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh right, Mr Bloomberg right. yeah yeah the awesome Mr Bloomberg so you got stopped yes and of, course. Right. of course what would they do what of what course. was it like so uh, so it, it's very straightforward the the whole premise behind this policy was that if you can almost liberally stop anyone and check them for weapons and drugs and stuff like that, there's a very good chance you're going to find something and you can get those people off the streets. Yeah. But there's no guidelines to how to actually do that. And so what would happen is that, unfortunately, and because there aren't many other people, it was mostly based on race. Yeah. So predominantly, mostly blacks would get stopped, Latinos would get stopped. Uh, but they don't do this in white neighborhoods. Right. You know, you're not going to go to to the Polish town in Brooklyn and stop using stop and frisk on those guys. Yeah. You know, and so what that hap what happens is that it's not even so much about the policy itself. 
but the people who it's affecting. So let's say if you look at my situation, if I'm a kid, like I'm 11 or 12 years old, and I'm outside with my friends, we're hanging out at the park or, you know, minding our own business, and the police just come up and say, wait, what are you guys doing? Okay, get up, get up against the wall. You got wait, anything? 11? Yeah. 12? Yes, of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like that. See, that's so, what they said the other day. I don't... I didn't experience this thing. I was just saying the other day that now here with the situation, you know, people walk away in the street and I'm like, I'm not used to it. Yeah, you know, like a privileged, whatever, white guy, yeah, you know? And th this is what the real life situation was for, for people terrible. like us in it's New terrible. York City. Because in a sense, I mean, coming from Colombia, what they used to do is they used to um, employ underage people because they, if they were caught doing narcotics or selling narcotics or whatever, they would be released a lot sooner, a lot quicker. They'll be, you know what I mean? Mm. And they would attract less attention I mean, how from many police, things like that. So it became part of a strategy. How many 12-year-olds do bad stuff? I mean, <laughs> it's the kids. Well, uh, well I, mean, I don't know. Maybe poverty. they do. I'm, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> going to say, not even to devil's advocate or anything right. like that, but it, honestly, you don't necessarily know a person's age by looking at them. I guess so, sure. sure. Um, but, but they know. They know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Come on. You know what you're doing. And so, like, you know, imagine that's you and you're an innocent kid and you're with your friends and you're just hanging out at the park. And they say, oh, you match someone's description. You know, there's never a description. You don't match anything. When, when, you, an look, when you look back at that, yeah. is there any, like, um, what, didn't, what didn't kill me made me stronger? Well, no, it just makes me distrust them. Okay. You know? And so when something happens, something like that happens to you at such a, at such a young age, you grow up you know, with this resentment and this spite for enforcement, for law right. enforcement, for police. Right. It's like you treated me as a, like I was a criminal when I did absolutely nothing wrong and I was just a kid. Yeah. With my friends after school hanging out. Like, right. You know, so it kept happening. Yes, of course. This, this went on for years and years. Okay. And so it's like, what, what do you expect? <laughs> the the, the community is going to be like, oh, we love you guys. No. Let me, let me do a, a very quick 180 or I don't know, a big quick fast forward. What do you think of police in China? What's your experience with police in China? Yeah, how is it similar I cannot different? believe it. It's just, I could not believe it. If you can look at my old Facebook page, because right. I, I lost a password to it, so I can't access it anymore. But if you, you can still see my timeline, you would see me talking about that when remember I first got to China. I don't know if like, you remember, what? but you remember, you remember, it used to be only those golf carts. Mm, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the and the police and flip flops. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> now they do have yeah. motorcycles. They look at least look a little more serious. Something that I never understood. You went to 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 Hong Kong, for example. Those guys look badass. You're like, I'm not messing with That's that guy. Right, right. You go to Thailand and they wearing. Have you been to Thailand? Yeah. Have you seen the police in Thailand? Oh, yeah. oh dude, they look like they wear very tight pants, like chips. Remember chips? Right. The TV show. That can be serious. California there, Highway no. Patrol. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Okay. It's just the uniform and the right. way they carry themselves here in China. Right. It does not inspire authority. It does mm -hmm. not. It's They're very lax. No, it's better now. But it's very it relaxed. has changed. Yes. yes. Yeah. The yeah. guys in the motorcycles and whatnot. It took me years until I saw a, a regular police car mm. here. Really? Mm. There Actually, was like yeah. a golf car or something? <laughs> yeah, like the looks like, electric yeah. golf car. But a, I, yeah. I would say, though, um, to their credit, is that you don't need to look intimidating. You don't need to. That, that's not actually that's not the job of the police to look intimidating or scary or like a story. Your, your job is to actually help the civilians to help right. the Should citizens be, in, you mean. you know, right. in any given situation. 
not to escalate the situation as we usually mm. have in the States or at least in New York City. I can't speak for all of the US. It's and so when I came places. to China and like, you know, that, that did concern me. I was like, oh man, this is going to be weird if the police stop me. I don't speak Chinese and this is going to be an awkward situation. I'm probably going to get arrested like eight times before the, neighborhood, <laughs> before the neighborhood realizes I live here, yada, yada, yada. Like, I was expecting these things. I had this like premeditated. Because of where you came from. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, this is going to happen. This is inevitable. And never, I could never say I've had a bad experience with a police officer in China ever. Yeah. At uh, all. I've interacted with police in my, what, 19, 20 years here about three or four times? I think the bad experiences uh, we have, we may have, I, is when we need them to help us. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. That happened in the past. Mm. And, uh, you know, they weren't very helpful maybe sometimes. But well, that, that exists in other places too. I don't know if you guys were aware of my situation, but we had like a foreigner that passed away mm. uh, at, at the workplace. Right. You wrote about it before. Right. I wrote about yes. it yes. and I made a couple of videos about it and I needed help. I mean, I didn't know right where things do. were yeah. coming and I didn't know what to worry about. And well, so that became a little bit uh, of an issue when you need to trust the police. You need that things are going to be looked uh, at Fairly. Right. Objectively. Objectively. And it was not so smooth, I guess. It was very smooth. It was. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, it, was, okay. it was very right. it was very comforting to know that, that they were looking at it just with a very unfiltered lens. They were right. just like, let's like this see happened. what this is. Face value. Exactly. <laughs> and so, because I was very afraid of, of my yeah, own right. circumstance. So even though, I mean, we're in a country like China mm. and some foreigners might be like afraid of the police, there is a... There's if you come to China, there is yeah, you shouldn't worry about the police, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. There used to I would be a time like where we where we get away with Timbudong. Oh yeah, that's but true. not any longer. They're learning English. Well, so learning English. <laughs> well, sometimes you can still do that. I yeah. guess you know it depends on the situation. But yeah, there used to be a time that was enough. Sorry, uh, Jason. You were oh, gonna say? I was going to say w without getting into much detail because I can't. But um, there was a situation where uh, I have a friend and another friend died in, in this person's house. Uh -huh. um, that I was think, very I think I know the situation. Yeah, yeah right, you're, you're familiar right, with it. Okay, right. it's a very unfortunate situation. Like, wow. It was really, yeah. it was something else. It took me back. It was tough. Right. Um, and I was there from the moment. Like, I was, you know, I was called up and I was like, hey, what do I do? This, 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 this just happened. I was like, what is going on? You know, and I got there and the police were there. And I was dealing with the situation because the person doesn't speak any Chinese. And at the time, my Chinese was terrible. Yeah. Um, so, of course, uh, they called me up and I called up another friend. And the way that the police handled, from my perspective, at least when I said, was unbelievable. Like, yeah. they were super, like, chill about it. They're like, uh, this, this is terrible. And this happened. So, what we're going to do is we need to go to the station. We're going to call the people to come check out the situation with the body. And we got to talk to the family members, and that's all there is to it. But they're helpful, but also you have to remember that there are cultural differences and, and, and how the mm -hmm. rules are, mm -hmm. maybe. But they are friendly and helpful, and yeah. yes, it's not like they're, they're not, coming to they're, get you. I mean, right. what I, what I, my particular experience is that they're not after, uh, right. after making you guilty for anything. They just ah. want to look at the situation and find the explanation and... and it's and not let's screw the foreigner. Yeah, you're it's not getting that. I don't, I don't no. feel it, yeah. it was uh, like right. that at all. But having said that, and since this is something that we are making to kind of like help foreigners who want to come to China, who are already in China, if you come to live 
in a foreign place, if you're going to live an expat life, I invite you to always have an emergency contact sheet um, at your workplace, uh, with your neighbors, with some friends, because you never know what could happen. You could get run over by a car. Mm. You can slip in the shower. Anything could happen. And, well, it's it's also quite important. In a foreign country, you should try... You should be more careful and uh, try not to get into trouble. That's sure. my feeling always. Avoid you know? trouble. Always. I will not start a as fight much as possible. Do you know how yes. I do that? Like, if this is not supposed to happen, I'm not supposed to be here. If it looks too unusual, if it looks like, why is this happening? Just back away. I just see someone punch me. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Seriously. No, no, no. When, when, you see, when you see people playing with monkeys or whatever, something that's... No, the, the, the good old scam and tricks and whatever. is something that's unusual, it's but not normal. Not but in 17 here, years here almost, slowly. nothing have happened like that, that I needed to walk away, honestly. Mm. You know, but I would, but it didn't happen. Maybe it's my Colombian mentality. And <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Hey, I want to uh, move on to another topic. But before that, we're going to play our first game right. of this podcast all right okay. so let's go in a very short break and we'll be back in a second all right guys so we are back and we are going to play this or that with comet jason chen chen chimera <laughs> chimera yes all right uh the idea is very simple we're going to give you um a couple of options uh two or three options and you need to tell us very quickly which one you choose and if you want to um explain elaborate a little bit as to why you chose one over the other, okay. then you can do so, yeah? Ten very simple choices, I'll do five, and Ziv will do five. So, Ziv, why don't you begin? All right, um, Western food or Eastern food or Northern food or uh, <laughs> Southern food? <laughs> oh, come on. I can read your mind. This is hard, dude. <laughs> Which one is that? Well, it's so broad, but because, you know, my country's food is the best, and everybody knows that. Tea. So Western when you refer food, to I your guess? country, <laughs> I mean Dominican Republic. Though. Okay, Caribbean food. Okay, all right. Yeah, everybody knows it's the best. So, so that you know. that food. All right. I guess it would be Western, but <laughs> I really like uh, Chinese, Asian, Chinese food. Yeah. So in general, so it's all right. So this is not going to get any easier. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Me too, or too much. Me too. Oh, are those my only two choices? Well, you can ex- okay with anything. Uh, I think happy medium would be better. Like me, kinda. Which means... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so know, a little bit me too much, me too. A little bit too much, but I think it's still very necessary. And only because I did modeling before, and I've had, as a male, I've had very questionable experiences. Mm. And so I can only imagine what you know the, a female would have to deal with. I think yeah. it's a great answer. I agree with exactly with what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Next one. Uh, thin crust or deep pan? Pizza. Pizza pie. Which one is that? Chicago Maybe. style thick one. New York is thin, thin, right? Yeah. New York's New York's pizza is amazing. So I, I, I go so thin. thin. thin go. All right. Okay. Of course. Okay. This one's gonna be very easy. J Lo or Shakira? I think got the hardest question. Come on. <laughs> Look, look, we, I just had, right. we just had the Super Bowl. Where's she here from? She, she's not Colombian. She's Colombian. She's Colombian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like we got to divide it Lebanon here. or something but like that. Jenny's right? from the yeah. block. Right, Jenny's from the <laughs> block. Jenny's from the Bronx. Yes. Yeah, but Shakira, hips <sighs> don't lie. I can't. Choose. I, can I just have like Choose. half and half? 
Can I just get like half of J Lo, half of Shakira, and just? Okay, uh, which part of J Lo would you pick? Uh, no, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just—they're both amazing. I can't. Right, I can't. Cool. It's too much. <laughs> All right. Um, Biden or Sanders? Three hundred percent Sanders. Okay. okay. Yes. If Sanders doesn't make it, which it seems like he's not yeah, gonna, yeah, I understand. Biden or Trump or just no vote or what? And I, I have, I'll be neutral on it because it's just, a, it's a replay of Sanders and Hillary yeah. again. It's you just, mean, do you vote from here, by the way? Because you guys can vote. I cannot vote. Well, my not anymore. <laughs> you don't. No. Even though you could, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. not All anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next question: Hong Kong or New York? Like to live? Yeah. Or, yeah. What do you like? Hmm. Uh, for the sake of convenience, I say Hong Kong because I'm closer. But if just to choose in general, New York City, of course. All right. All right. Fame or power? That's tough. Well, here's the thing. I'll give uh, you an out. Fame, money, or power? No, nah, I won't put money. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Uh, fame allots you a certain type of power. So I think I would probably go with fame. And that's how you and I... I very much alike. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd go with fame. All right. Um, we're going to go with salsa, bachata, or merengue. Bachata. Forever. Absolutely bachata. <laughs> yes. I can't even say it. Yes, <laughs> you can. <laughs> Come on. Bachata. It's from my country. I have no, to say bachata. It? I failed. I don't have a choice. If I don't say bachata, the Dominican government will come here and get me. So, <laughs> All right. Wine, spirits, or beer? I'm not really a beer guy. Okay. I'm also not really a wine guy. So I would go with spirits. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're coming to the end of the question. Okay. Earphones or headphones? Headphones. All the way? All the way. All right, guys. And that was this or that. You want to throw one at us? Oh, wait, I we one? give you a chance. We, before we yeah, close I the mean, segment, no. something comes to mind. I wish I knew before. <laughs> before <laughs> he prepared like, oh, all right, okay, oh, Fernando, man. yeah. I'm not ready. All right, all right. Uh, Don't have to. Choose right. one of the ones that we had and we'll answer it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, Shakira or JLo? For me, Shakira. I mean, that's easy. I mean, come uh, on. For the yeah, same reason you said Bachata, yeah. That was obvious. JLo. Why J-Lo? You're a more Gee. neutral party. No, I mean, you, you should have said J-Lo too. Jenny from the block, you said it. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, I, yeah. But All right, right, guys. And that was <laughs> This or That. Let's go into the next section. Well, you just showed us, uh, we just saw some videos of you dancing. So tell us about how did you go from working um, uh, at EF mm. into having your own dance studio? I mean, why did you led you to start your own business why dancing or let's go from there mm, that's a loaded question can you just give me some softballs did, did, did you did you ever study uh dancing did you ever yeah i feel like trump he's throwing me all the hard balls yeah like, okay how do i answer these questions <laughs> look i do things <laughs> bigly <podcast>. okay <laughs> i do it bigly and <laughs> I, I don't hold back <laughs> <laughs> no um so let's see how did i go from ef to dance all right well of course uh, for me and many folks in the latin community especially in the caribbean like dancing is a regular thing that's a mm. daily thing like we throw a party because it's wednesday they're like <laughs> oh why are the latinos playing loud music today it's wednesday <laughs> you know and it's sunday morning why are the latinos playing loud music today 
they're cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. And every night, same thing. Like police complain. So everybody complain. dances. Everybody just, dances. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. And so the thing is, um, when I went to Guangzhou for the first time, I forgot how I did it. Uh, I think I was asking around some friends in Dongguan. Hey, where can I go to dance? Where can I go to dance? Because I was getting like this dance fever. It was like 11 months. I haven't danced. I haven't okay. spoken Spanish. Right. I was going insane. I tell you. Huh. I got a gym membership so I can use their dance room <laughs> by myself. <laughs> like it was really pathetic. That was the beginning here? The beginning in, in when you get when you got here. Yeah. When you didn't dance for like 11 months. 11 when months. you're like missing. It's almost a year. Dude. Yeah, okay. It was crazy. And um, so I had a friend that was like, oh, yeah, we have uh, they have dance parties in Guangzhou all the time. And I was like, all right, but what kind of dance parties? Because there's about? a very loose definition of dancing here. Yeah. You right. know, sometimes Grandma dancing dance, here. square dance, <laughs> head banging. And it's hard to find a place to dance thing. anyway, right? It is. Yeah. Not it just is. Latin music, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. In general, yeah. that's true. Right. But yeah, eventually I made it to one of the parties in Guangzhou, several of the parties in Guangzhou. And I was like, you know, not to take any credit away from them. Okay. Guangzhou dancers are amazing. The instructors are amazing. But I saw them dancing and I'm like, guys, come on now. You can do that. <laughs> come on. Come on now. <laughs> of course. So that was one year in and yeah. you were already starting to think about, oh, I can. Well, um, I didn't start thinking about uh, doing a business okay. or anything. No, okay. I wasn't thinking about okay. that at that time. But I was aware of, I was becoming more and more aware of the situation in terms of like the Latin dancing and whatnot. In the China. void in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whenever I went to travel, like for EF, when we did like um, corporate trainings and things like this, uh, I would go to uh, Bay, uh, to Shanghai typically, and I would also go to the dance parties there. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Like it's full packed every time. Is that where the best Latin or the, the biggest Latin community in, in China is? I have no idea. You don't know where? Where no, is, there, is there no one place? Mm -mm. Well, I would say I would venture to guess that Guangzhou, because Guangzhou is basically where people come to do business mm. and whatnot, and that brings a lot of people from Latin America. So the climate is I right. I guess, yeah. Where, there, are there many Colombians there? Uh, yeah, quite a few. You can even get like Colombian products in Guangzhou. Guangzhou would be more than other places um, in China? To my knowledge, yes. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So that's basically how. I really got into it. Um, but the, 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 the turning point for me that it was like, hey, we need to, we need to do Musica was after two and a half years, three years of going to the local bars and going to the local clubs and the local foreign bars. It gets old very quick. Very, very quick. Because so they're all the same with a different name. That's really what, same so Musica. Musica is now, it's your place, yes. it's your business, it's a, it's a bar. And it's a it's a dance studio. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So how long uh, um, you came to China, and how long until you started your own business with with a dance studio? Yeah. Three years. Three years. Three years. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is uh, interesting for a lot of people who are interested in thinking about, hey, should I go to China to to pursue a career? You come here, you learn the ropes, and yeah, it's not all that difficult to get started with your own business. It's really not. Yeah, it's, it's really relatively not. easy. And there's so many, like, oh, well, maybe I'm too much information, but <laughs> there's so many willing participants, how you could say, like right. in investors and business, People potential business help partners you. that are like, if they like what you have to bring to the table, they're like, hey, I can help you make this happen, even if you don't have the funds for it. 
Do you think it's easier now, Fernando, than it used to be? Because, I mean, at least uh, for foreign-owned company, sure. you know, and we have different uh, options to open companies with, you know, different kind of entities. Um, you, can, uh, you can do it with a Chinese name as a shareholder. You can do it on your own name. But back in the day, and you've been here as long as me, more than me, so... Um, it was more difficult to open a f- wholly foreign-owned. It was extremely complicated. The investment level was, was super high, was in the millions yes, of dollars, yes, and, yes. well, very few people right. had the opportunity to do that. So most people went for um, one of two options. They would partner with a Chinese person, right. or they would open um, a Sorry. shelf company in Hong Kong and then set up a representative office here I remember in, that. in yeah, that was I had Dong one. Wan. I had one. So, yeah, when I needed to regain control of my own company when I was going through my divorce. Um, that's the way that I that I went. And I basically, I purchased the business uh, in China through the, um, the Hong Kong company. But the representative office cannot uh, make sales. Uh, no, they can't make sales, right. but uh, it's an umbrella company, basically. Right. Right. So it became a holding company. But now it's different. It's a lot easier. It's, it's easier to open a, a, a wholly foreign-owned company here. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, you, so you started your business here in Musica how many years ago? Uh, at this point, ooh, um, uh, four years four ago. Four years ago. Yeah, next month. And it started ago. as the uh, dance studio. So Yeah, yeah, dance studio. What, what makes bar. the bar different from the other bars? Everything. everything. Absolutely everything. Well, uh, oh, man, okay. I, I, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be nice about it because I don't want to point out too much. Um, but I would say one of the things that stands out and makes us different is that the, the clientele that we cater to, right? The, the people, the, we're very picky about our client base sort of thing. And for you to be part of like the music of family, mm-hmm. you have to be a person who enjoys your free space that you don't mind if a stranger sits at your table, you know, and yeah. says, hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. Okay, cool. And everyone, you can come to music, sit anywhere, talk to anyone and everybody will welcome you. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of environment that we've actually have there. And we have like-minded people in this sense. Um, but more than that, the, the idea was that we don't have what we wanted to have here. And that's why we opened music in the first place. Not for money, not for any sort of interest, but because we didn't have a place for people of color, people mm-hmm. who are Latin descent, people who are black, people who love hip hop, people who like this kind of style to yeah. actually come together and like, you know, in, in just enjoy vibe. Just, just like hip hop has been around for decades, but in a city like Dongguan, you would never find a place that would actually play hip hop, mm. or they would have the one-off song, the one-off song, and that was it, you know. Yeah. And and that's the end of it. So, um, would you would you say that that was a, a, an important factor in you going that way? Like, just I want hip hop music to yeah. be the defining. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have done it. Tell you the truth. You were your own market. Yeah. You went, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was for me. I was being selfish. Right. For me and my <laughs> friends. I was like, we want a place where we can chill and they play music we like and they make the drinks how we like them. Uh-huh. And yeah. So it the same, yeah, it was, it, it happens a lot. That we can like dance. I think it's a great, it's a great so way to do it. it. You know, I mean, uh, if you are your own market, I think, you know, <laughs> you know, your clients, you know, yeah. and I like to say that, that, um, you know, um, it's not for everybody, right? You're not right, trying to get everybody. everybody. No mm-hmm. way. You know, I don't think I spend a lot of time there, but, Mm-mm. you know, yeah. I do you have it. any That's specials? That's absolutely okay. We always have specials. But, you know, <laughs> they, we do daily specials and I always change this, but it's, it's very typical stuff. What's say. your most successful drink, would you say? 
your best seller? Mm, you know what? That's a good question. But how about this? How about I don't tell you that, and I'll tell you our most successful product. All right. Let me guess. Guess. Shisha. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Did I pronounce it correctly? Yeah. yeah shisha. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ab- <laughs> <laughs> you guys yeah. call it shisha. I mean, I don't know. We call it nargila. 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 Yeah, I, know that ah. I had my first one when I was 15, you know. Yeah. It's in, 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 in yeah. Israel. But, I mean, it's not like it's a Jewish thing, right? I guess we we got it from Middle East. Yeah. 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 Do you have it in Colombia? Do you? Um, certain places, but it's not very popular. Not, right. not very. I mean, but I haven't lived in my country for 25 years, so <laughs> maybe now. I yeah, probably, probably. Right, right. But I mean, okay. So it's it's you've been an English teacher mm. before when you came here. So you recommend people to come to China as an English teacher to to get into China as an English teacher. I mean, with certain maybe companies is better than others. Well, you, you have to do sort of like a self-assessment on okay. that, you know, like uh, if you're a person, for example, like you're into IT and this is your field and you like you're very introverted and this is what your background is like, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're a person who's very outgoing and you like working with kids and this kind of stuff, definitely. I would say definitely. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I understand that you're also working um, with visas you help people get visas you have businesses kind of like a like headhunter kind of business kind of um <laughs> what do you tell us a little bit about that how did you get started with that mm. and and uh, what kind of services you offer yeah. and what's important for people who are watching or listening to to know about this yeah. well i'll do my best to condense it because it's loaded it's really loaded so uh the thing is when i left ef i wasn't expecting to leave ef i just I just decided, you know what, I'm writing my resignation letter and I'm going to turn this in tomorrow. And that's how it was. Because um, I had a disagreement okay. with, the, with, <laughs> the, with the investor. With management. Yeah, and I said, hey, listen, this is not a good time to mess with me. Um, and I just recently opened my business at that time. It was just a few months. And I was getting the same vibes and rumors and whatever from other people. They're like, oh, you know, he's not very happy that you opened your own business and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I get it. He feels threatened. Um, but that wasn't, that wasn't why I left actually. It, we, you know, we talked about it and it was cool afterwards. That wasn't why. And since that situation occurred, it was like, well, I can go home or find a new job or work for another company. I really, after investing like three and a half years into this company, into EF, for example, I didn't feel like working for another company. I didn't feel like working for someone else and putting in my time and my hours and burning myself out for nothing. And like trying to innovate and change everything. So I decided, you know what? I'll just work for my own company. I opened my own company. Let's do this. How do we get this visa? And then from then on, it was just a matter of figuring out the whole visa process. Um, but since I already have this skill set from working at EF where I recruit people, I interview people abroad, I bring them over, I get them integrated to China, the Chinese culture, and everything that they're going to experience within the first few months living here, I already knew, you know what? I can use this. And I can do my own recruitment, recruit for other schools, other companies, and really give, give the people coming in someone they can trust. Because that's very, very yeah. short supply. Because right now, most of the recruiters are not that kind of, right. you know, right. we know dependable. Those, yes, a lot yeah. of, uh, I keep hearing about those agents um, that are very shifty. But they don't know, right? I mean, when you sit in back home in Idaho, wherever you are, 
and uh, you're looking for an ESL job, I guess, you, you don't know. It looks like it's legit and everything, and you don't know. Yeah. So how do you recruit people? How do you, how do you find people? We well, use the usual channels. Okay. Social media. Social media, always of use, course. Always right. use social media to recruit. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, when, let's say, let's talk about this same person, yeah, imaginary person in Idaho thinking okay. about <coughs> um, moving to China to teach ESL. Um, he doesn't know the difference between a Chinese agent and an agent like you. Yeah. Right. Um, how do you come in and make it different? How do you portray your services as being different? Well, the first thing I have to do is evaluate the person and try to gauge immediately whether or not this person is viable. Do I think this person can survive here? That's number mm -hmm. one. So based on their resume and what they say that they're looking for, I can say, can I accommodate you? Yes. And then immediately after that, we do a video call. Once uh -huh. you do the video call, it's game over. That's it. <laughs> There's yeah. no Chinese recruiter that's going to compete with me yeah. recruiting on a video call. Really? They don't do it? No, oh. they don't. They don't. I was recruited by a Chinese recruiter. Right. And it was everything. Everything was strictly email <laughs> and, you know, all by why, the Why is it? Why do you think? Why they don't do it? Well, it, it could just be a matter of the language barrier. Like, m there's a lot of, most Chinese folks, they learn English and they learn English very well. But most of them will use it to do emails, um, to communicate in writing, not actually face-to-face -face interactions because everything is academic and everything's for testing. Um, so that's very easy to find a person that can read and write English, but to speak and actually interact naturally with a foreigner who's probably doesn't speak a second language, hasn't spoken to another person who doesn't speak English very well, might be very difficult. Fernando, do you have a center? You had more than one center uh, teaching English here in China. How do you recruit people? Well, basically, I go by word of mouth. Um, I've actually never brought anybody from outside. Basically, people who are working somewhere and they know that I pay well. It's too I risky to bring better. someone from outside. Um, Relocate no, someone. Well, yeah, because right. you it's, it's a combination of things. Number one, they don't know you, you don't know them. So you have to go through a very, very um, expensive and lengthy uh, process of proving who you are and what you are to people abroad who might not believe you even if you go through that extent. Yeah. Right. The other thing is that you don't know what you're getting. Right. You don't know what you're getting. So it's very difficult for you to go through all the process of hiring somebody, bringing him here, put him in a, giving him the training, put him in the classroom, and it's not working. So after a month, you're like, huh. Right. So I, I prefer to work with people that are tested and tried. You know what I mean? Right. Safer. Uh, in a sense, for example, they don't have this homesickness situation. Yeah. Um, they know, uh, to a certain extent, they've been burned. Mm. Right by by other employers. Right. So I come in like the <laughs> the, <laughs> the knight in white armor. <laughs> Ta -da -da. Here I am, the right. the easiest money you've ever made. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it makes it easier for me. So there's there's recognition because they probably heard of me here in the city, and I've also probably heard about them. Or or it's easier for me to tell them uh, this is not going to work. And, and then they're not losing much, you know what the I mean? Easy, and I'm the not easiest losing money much. they ever made because you provide them the plan and everything, everything. and some places well, are like you on your own. Well, the yeah. biggest like thing that. is, is and what makes my, now we're interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> I mean, I, we can compare <laughs> oh, cool. it with other places, sure. you know. The biggest, the biggest thing is that you don't need to do lesson planning. Basically, there is right. a method. I've developed a method right. that is quite straightforward and you can teach anything right. and just apply it to the method and the, the steps and techniques. Is it similar in other places? Like some other places, like EF? 
uh, EF is McDonald's. It's the McDonald's of teaching English. So they have like just they, follow it's follow this procedure step. Don't need to prepare yourself. No, but you do. You do. You still and do. Lesson planning. You still do. Yeah, yep. for whatever. You need reason. to make the hamburger yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You, you, you need got to still the prepare there, your own lesson plan. There's no logic behind ah, that. Necessarily. There's no method. But no, uh, there, is there is a method. method. There is a method. There is a method. There's a timeline that you're supposed to follow when to do what and how. But every single teacher still has to make their own lesson plan. Why? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me because mm. all the lesson plans are provided through the online system already. But they're still required to write lesson plans. What's the reason for it? I don't know. Well, basically, they're hiring him uh, full time. So you got to be there for 40 hours a week. Yeah, that's basically. Yeah, that sounds like a good reason. Basically, <laughs> right, the 40 hours a week. Even though you're only teaching 20, 25 hours oh. a week, you got to gotta make that. up for the other 15 and will write lesson plans. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's Stare at this it. monitor for the next six hours. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I see. All right. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, your relationship with with China versus the U.S. Uh, I've noticed oh, no. uh, a lot of your <laughs> your posts are quite um, strong. Sometimes, um, yeah. Very pro China. Yeah. Are you paid by the CCPP, <laughs> the Chinese yeah, so uh, Communist Party? I get a check every month. <laughs> uh, from the Communist Party, they pay so me. So do I. We're yeah. all mouse. Yes. Yes. yes, we get at least three thousand dollars a month, and we got to make sure we say nice things all the time. <laughs> right. um, but at, at the same token, I am also aware that all the other folks are getting checks from the American government because <laughs> they, you know, they got to take down China. Right, and uh, it's a bit ridiculous. Say, say positive it, things about the U.S. Yes. Is it is I it um, okay to to love China? Why do you love China? Um, why not? No, 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 of course, but I mean, <laughs> why not, the know? people out there don't know why not. Okay. They would like to know, what, what is it to like? So I'll, I'll try to make it simple, I suppose, in my particular situation, is that um, is, this is, has very little to do with the U.S., actually. Um, even though I had my experience and I lived in the U.S. for 20-something years, and it is what it is, the reason that I am, I, I feel like the reason that I am the way that I am in regards to China is basically I spent four or five years dedicating myself to learning about, learning a language, learning a culture, and catering to people who didn't care about me. Mm. And that's really what it came down to. And what I'm talking about is Japan. And that's what I did. And unfortunately, that didn't work out. And I came to a country immediately after that, not speaking the language, not having any friends here, having absolutely no connection to it whatsoever, and having total strangers try to help me with every single step of my life in China. This is really, really interesting. Let's uh, talk more about this after the break. Mm. Cool. All right. And we are back with Comet, Jason, Chen, <laughs> Chimera. Chimera. Comet. Uh, okay. Just Comet. Comet. <laughs> right. Look. You you were talking about checks uh, written by the <laughs> CCP by the CCP. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's what's your take on anti-China uh, uh, rhetoric out there? Um, does it feel that is granted? Uh, for example, most of the people say, "Oh, we don't have freedom. There is no freedom. You're not free." Do you feel not free here? Boy, I have a story for that one. Okay, yeah. that's I, have a, I have a story for that one. Yeah. But look, before I tell you my story, I want to say like. Regardless of governments and whatever, politics is the most annoying thing ever. But I, I have legitimately fallen in love with Chinese people. Like, honestly. Like, sweetest, kindest people I've ever met. Or maybe it's, maybe it's not Chinese people. Maybe it's Dongguan people. Who yeah, knows? Could be. 
because I've gone to other places in China and I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay, but I wouldn't live here. But Dongguan, I'm in love with it. Like, I don't want to go anywhere else. It's great. <clears throat> so regardless of government and opinions, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a difference to me. Um, so in terms of the freedoms, I'll, I'll just give you an example. This is not like, oh man, this is the golden standard. But in April, last April, 2019, I went to New York City with my wife. So we were going to City Hall to get married because mm -hmm. we have to get married officially in the U.S. and all that stuff. Otherwise, it doesn't count because we mm -hmm. only did it in China. It's a, so, doesn't, okay. Doesn't count in the U.S., you mean? Yeah, it doesn't count in the U.S. Oh, okay. Even though we got married in China, it's like I'm still single. Really? As far as the U.S. is concerned. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, I didn't know that either. I'm a single comment. I'm a single Yeah, I, told, I went to City Hall. I was like, oh, I already got married. This is our marriage license from China. And they're like, no, it doesn't matter. You have to get married again. I was like, what? <laughs> that was interesting. Um, so while we were over there, um, this was <laughs> it's very funny because you got to think about like my wife saying these things in English and like you know here cute little accent or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> we went to a, we went to some of the bars in Brooklyn, um, a couple bars, not a lot, and just to like kind of check it out and whatever. It was more market research than anything. Okay. And so we go into one place. And she ordered her drink, and I ordered my drink, whatever. We're drinking and talking. We're like, eh, this place is kind of boring. People are just standing around talking. And I was like, yeah, we dance where, we, where I come from, so excuse me. <laughs> so then she goes, oh, I want to go somewhere else. Okay, cool, let's go. And she proceeds to take her drink. It's the same kind of glass. like It's a, it's a cup. It's a plastic cup, actually. Yeah. Like this All one. right. I, yeah, and you know okay. what happened, I see where, right? I see where it's so going. So she takes yeah. her drink. She goes for the door. Outside, yeah. And the bouncer goes, oh, you can't take your drinks outside. And she's like, what do you mean? She, he's like, no, you can't take your drinks outside, obviously. And, he's like, and I said, sweetie, no, you can't. She's like, I bought the drink. Why can't I take it outside? And I was like, no, <laughs> like no. It's a, it, there it, is a it, law. <laughs> it's the rules. You cannot take your drink. You cannot take alcohol outside. She's like, this right. is America? This is free? <laughs> because it's... Uh, this is bull. <laughs> yeah. This is really American. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anywhere, and, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. what it, in, 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 that's well, you see the paper bag in, in, in all yeah. the movies. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, this was like, you know, this, like I said, it's not like the golden standard or anything. But, but this is a great example because it, I've, I think uh, it is, yeah. I've experienced walking around with Americans and with a beer and they mentioned that. It's so great. I can. Yeah. yeah we can China. drink outdoors. Yeah, yes, we can drink can outside drink outdoors. in the park. No know. one will forgive you a fuss. Someone um, can drink in the car in the passenger seat. I think in China. Oh, you're here. As in long the as passenger yeah, seat. If they, not if the, the they driver, of course. The driver, you know, drink, yeah. It's okay, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, which, you know what, I, I, I agree with the situation, but, you know, she doesn't know better. Um, there was a, there was a, like, we were outside in the morning time, and uh, there was, like, a daycare downstairs, and so they would take all the kids out, and they hold on, they're holding, like, this, uh, this, like, weird long rope thing where all the kids, all the kids would hold hands together. Um, and Eva saw them and she's like, oh, they're so cute. And she takes out her phone to take a picture. Oh. And then immediately the, the, what do we call them? Like the chaperones or whatever. It was like, no, no, you can't take pictures. What are you doing? What are you thinking? And I, was like, I was like, excuse me. I'm sorry. She's not from here. Yeah. I'll let her know. Okay. No problem. And she's like, what, what happened? Why I can't take pictures? And I was like, no, that's not allowed here. You can't take pictures of people without permission. Oh God, this is <laughs> Especially bold. kids. And land, land of the free. Yeah, and th and so she referred to that again. They're like, "Wow, you guys have a lot of freedom." I was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> wow. And we go back to the same kind of situation. Um, so yeah, man, it, it, the freedoms and whatnot that you're talking about. That I guess that's a perspective. I, as far as I'm concerned, the U.S. hasn't had freedom since the Patriot Act. But let's let's that's all there is. let's let's make it harder on you. Did you oh, see man. the plane against the Pentagon? <laughs> no, no. Let's make it harder on you. Like um, you can say, you know. Fuck Trump or whatever in America. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah President, you can say whatever you want. Right. 
but you can't really say it here on their. I mean, you can say it, but yeah. you may have issues, right? Yeah, in China, of course. So, so like, there's that side of right lack of freedom, right? Um, but in the day-to-day -day life, I mean, how many people are out there thinking, "Fuck, well, whoever right. is in charge." I think, I think, I think it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So, I think what China is doing is they care for the people. They make the people's life better. Mm. So, who cares about those politics? Because there's, there's very little to complain about. Yes, there's very little to be opposed to. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, as far as I'm concerned, is like you have the freedom to talk, to talk BS, but we don't care about you. We're gonna do whatever you want, as far as the US is concerned. But I actually, do have something about this. What you just mentioned. Yeah. Like you can say F Trump yeah. and all these things, but you can't say that here. Well, actually, um, I did watch. I, I saw a video on my Facebook. Oh my god, you know the number one news source. But it was legitimate. <laughs> it was this woman in her house. She was. She actually the Secret Service paid her paid her a visit. Because she and said F. Do you know why? Oh, okay. So on her Facebook. Um, for whatever reason, um, in some video or something about Trump, uh, she made the comment. She's like, oh, man, somebody should just off this guy and get it over. Right. With. That's literally what she wrote. Someone right. should off this guy and get it or put one between his eyes, something like this. And then the Secret Service paid her a visit right. and they took the local sheriffs and it, would, and it became a whole big thing. So I'm like, wait a second. Was she a minority? Uh, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. It looks like she's somewhere in the Midwest. And I'm like. If you do that in China, you probably have the same situation. Yeah. The same thing will happen. Like you will have a, a visit paid to you by the authorities and they're going to investigate who you are. And the fact of the matter is like whether I agree or disagree with the actions the Secret Service took is not really relevant. But the fact of the matter is if they have any reason to believe that this person may be a potential threat, then mm -hmm. they need to look into it. I think that's the safe thing to do. Right. So, but okay. So what else make you um, love China? Love the people here? You fell in love he said, um, man, why? Why else? I mean, they saved me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> from? Uh, how else can I? They saved me from my disappointment of Japan. To be fair, though, to be fair, though, I like I, I'm, I'm not saying Japan is terrible or anything like that. I'm not I'm not that hardcore. You know, uh, my experience is mostly because of Tokyo. That's how I see it. And mm. if you think about Tokyo, like New York City, but 10 times colder and not by, being not by weather, not oh. by climate. Oh, okay. You see what see. I'm saying? Right. Uh, and this is what we're looking at, where you think you, you have friends and all these things, and they're like, ah, yeah, no. <laughs> no, you don't. So what Chinese gave you that impression? <laughs> so Chinese people are warmer. Exceptionally. Exceptionally right. That's warmer. what you feel. So this me. is where I go back to the thing, is that I'm in love with the people, and the people are awesome. And I, can, I can't complain. Like, you know, there's a, a few things here and there that we can complain about, because right. it's, we have our cultural differences and our language yes. barriers, yes. et cetera. But at the end of the day, I've been treated much better here than I've ever been treated in the U.S., than I've been treated in Japan or anywhere else. In terms of business opportunities, do you think there's also a difference there? Is, is it easier to get into business here than it is in the U.S.? In that situation, I would say it depends on where you live, because um, I can't speak for every place. But I say for us here in Dongguan, definitely, because mm -hmm. I could never imagine in my wildest dreams opening a bar and dance studio in new york city yeah how yeah where do i get the money to do that when i go back and look at my own uh, career and my achievements i'm like this this would not have been possible in my home country hmm. what i've achieved here is just a res direct result of well the place where i'm in i and, and i agree 100 percent with you guys i mean you know being here, the right, the right place, the right time. You just you need to to be a person that 
takes on the opportunities, of course, yeah, you sure. know, and I think all of us did that, right? And still doing that. But um, um, you get more opportunities here. And um, I think that uh, there are a lot of barriers in some other places, some of the places we came from. Yeah, a yeah. lot of red tape. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, expenses, a lot yeah. of... Uh, well, not expensive, it's just, it's just much more expensive to do the same things that we do here for a fraction of the cost. Um, I have a question. A lot of people who are anti-China and hear people like us talking, right? They'll say, oh, you're just protecting your own interest. You're just protecting your own companies, your own businesses. That's why you don't speak ill of China. Let me tell Is that you what you're doing? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you tell something, us, tell us. I'm all ears. I'm still counting my check right now from the CCP, <laughs> just so you know. If, if you guys are complaining about China and supporting other governments and you're not getting a check, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> all right, listen. I'm going to give you an example. I, I, I'm not afraid of anybody, first of all, or any entity, tell you the truth. There was one time, <clears throat> there was a situation, and so you guys know I have the bar right here. There was a situation on the other side of our street where a Korean guy, actually, he died in the bar. He, he was, I don't know what happened That's exactly. not too long ago. Yeah, it wasn't very long yeah, ago, yeah. some months ago. It was maybe October, November last year. Right. Something like that. And so apparently the guy fell down the stairs at one of the host clubs and he died. Mm, That's right. all we really know. Right. And so what proceeded to happen was that the local police... And the business bureaus decided to, to go to all the bars in the middle of the night. It was like 11.30, something like this. If I remember, it was after 11 for sure. On a Saturday night. And on that night, I remember specifically, I was hosting a theme party at Musica. And we were full of people. Hmm. Okay. So we're at the bar, hosting a party, full of foreigners, some Chinese folks, whatever. And the police come and the local business bureau people come. Turn on the lights. Yeah. And, you, and that pissed me off what's that got to do with me so she comes over uh it was a woman that was actually um I'm, i'm pretty sure she's like the director or something over there so she's like personally going to all these places and i've met her before when i go to the to the business bureau and she says to me oh we want to we want to inspect the the venue and i'm like excuse me like just the same way i just said it to you excuse me and she says yeah yeah we need to inspect the venue Uh, because there was a situation that happened, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, okay, you need to understand this. Number one, no, you're not <laughs> going to inspect my venue. Okay, this is a government employee and a government official of the Business Bureau. If she wants to revoke my license tomorrow, she can. Yeah. It's that simple. And you would not say this to some police officer in New York. Hell! <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> so I said the immediately, no. I said, what you're doing is very disrespectful with the same tone and the same attitude I'm telling you. This is very disrespectful. And you are not allowed to do this. If you're going to come here, the number one thing you need to do first is call me and tell me when you are coming. And I will make sure I provide the time to have you go through the venue, go through the building and inspect everything you have to inspect, safety measures, fire safety, et cetera. That is absolutely fine. But you do not do this, not when I have customers here, not when I'm hosting an event, and you're making everybody nervous, and you're making everyone uncomfortable. So no, I will not allow you to inspect my venue. How did that go? They said sorry and walked away. Huh. That was about two years ago. Mm. Oh, sorry. That's wrong. A few months ago. That was, uh, that was uh, about, what is that, six months maybe? Yeah, I guess so. Some six months ago. Did they come back? Did I they? still have my business license. Uh -huh. My bar is still open. 
Nobody came knocking at my but door. But you felt comfortable to, to do that. Because, Absolutely. You know, yes. Absolutely. You weren't like drunk or teasing yeah. it or something. I was well within my yes, rights. And yeah. I understand what I understood already what the procedure is for them, what they need to do. They have rules that they also have to follow. They can't just do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And we have rules that we have to follow, too. So we can attain these licenses and we have to follow those rules. I understand. But you don't come in the middle of the night while I'm hosting an event at my venue. Say you have to do an inspection which has nothing to do with what happened in, in another place. I don't own that host club. It has nothing to do with me. We're not affiliated. So, right. And so, yeah, with all that confidence, I was able to do that. And I have not had a problem. Here's an interesting thing that I wanted to ask you. Um, we, as English training centers or language training centers, are suspect to raids, literally raids. Right. Yeah, heard that's this true. About, yeah. uh, about this situation where they go into a place and they get everyone's papers, documents, and they of just... illegal teachers. Yes, mm -hmm. illegal teaching. Um, I have never been raided, ever, in the 15 years of my center. Never has the police come to my center, unless when we had that situation that we spoke of before, when somebody passed away. But other than that, I've never been raided. But you're also unique in a way that uh, 90 what percent of uh, English language centers are owned by Chinese, right? Chinese, yes. But that would make it, I don't know, um, stand out, perhaps? I, uh, I, I would think so. Um, right. but, but I don't know if I would tell the police, hey, you can't come check in the middle of my lessons, or I'll show you the passports, uh, you know what I mean? But now that I hear you, I'll probably but, uh, stand Fernando, my ground I and bet, say, "I bet that it's uh, never happened." But I bet that uh, I bet that you do things much more by the book, definitely than, than Chinese-owned centers. In generally speaking, yeah, I think probably yeah. right probably. because because you, I don't know it's mentality. It's uh, and uh, maybe they know it. Yeah, yeah. I always say that there's somebody out there who who knows me and 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 it's kind of like. He's by the book. Don't worry about and it. Probably you're the same. Always. I mean, yeah. I, I don't play around with that. I don't want anyone to have a single anything on me. I want right. to make sure I'm 100% secure legally. So if anyone wants to start a problem with me, I can take them on. So, so that's that's a good advice for anyone. It comes to China, start a business and everything, you know. I mean, as right. long as you do things according to the rules and the law, you're fine. Because a lot of the, compl uh, the complaints of people, there's no rule of law. Right, and, and I was like, "What does that mean right. exactly? Where are you living? Yeah, <laughs> where are like, you look, living? For example, I organized a summer camp to Australia, and then there was I. The other one was um, SARS. Right. So basically, we couldn't travel. Mm. Yeah, but I went to to the travel agency. I said, "Hey, I bought fifty tickets from you. I want my money back." We went to court. It took a couple of months. I got my money back. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when people say there's no, I've been to court twice, and in both cases, I've won as a foreigner. And I, you know, there, there are cases and there are cases, but I think every country is like that. You know, I always say, you know, this is not the best place in the world, and definitely not the worst place in the world. And, you know, you need to make it uh, work for you, and there are a lot of opportunities here still for us, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, recently, I mean, today, we had a meeting, you know, I can tell you this story, and uh, our trademark, our trademark has been uh, challenged a couple huh. of times. Yeah, <laughs> we got the here, here trademark. Yeah. I mean, I got it tattooed on me, <laughs> you know, but we, we have the trademark. I trademark here, all over China, here. So nobody can have the word here, uh -huh. trademark. And someone is challenging 
uh, has been challenging it for the last couple of years and we keep needing to spend money on a lawyer just because someone is saying we haven't been using it for three years. We have used it all the time, of course. And uh, today they came back, uh, our people, our lawyer, and said bad news, you know. Um, the court in Beijing um, uh, gave us bad results and said, no, you haven't done enough to prove that you've been using it the last three years. And, you know, there was some talk about some bribery, some money. We need to go to the court in Beijing, spend a lot of money now, mm. you know, to do that. So, I mean, you know, again, we are, you know, I love being here. You know, of course, there are problems sometimes. Like, every, I think it can happen in many countries, yeah. you know. Um, so, <laughs> you just need to to do everything you can and to fight it, you know. But I wanted to also ask, do you think with the situation now, 2020, the beginning, we have a situation here in China, now in all around the world. You think... There are still opportunities in China. Like, should people still come here? Maybe after this, you know, fades away a bit. But what do you think? You think there is opportunity for... This is maybe a heavy question. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Maybe we are in the middle now. We are not sure. Look, I, I, would, I, would say, I would say this. Just based on the information that is available to me, right. right? And based on the information that we can all access to the public, from the way that I've seen... The situation been handled by the People's Republic, right? Versus the way that my country, the U.S., has handled it. Uh, at the end of all this, or at least a month or two from now, I believe that China will be the best equipped to be able to continue and recover from the given situation, as opposed to other places, with the exception of, say, like. Uh, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, or, you know, whatever. I, I, I agree. I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago, I think this is like the last, um, you know, stamp on the China is stronger than other places. You can see it now, you know, in a way. Um, well, the, when, when you talk about that, one of the aspects that um, I used to support what you're saying is the leadership that is being displayed, not only inside the country, but also abroad. When you see, for example, the president of Serbia thanking China for the help, the Italian government thanking China for the help, um, everything that China has done in this particular situation has shown that they are ready to lead. They're ready to be the leaders of the world. Um, and, and well, It's not just what they have done. It's what other places, other countries haven't done. Sure. I think. I think it's maybe even more that, in a way. Well, you know? um, the, the way that I feel is you're saying if a lot of people will be coming to China uh, in the near future. I think right. that a lot of people feel that this is one of the safest places to be right now. You see that on a lot of YouTubers. I made a comment today. I don't right. agree with the people that run away, say, we love China, we love China, we make money out of Chinese people. The, mem the minute that something goes wrong or something gets difficult, they run away from China. And now that things get bad abroad, then they come back to China. <laughs> uh, I mean, people are not idiots. Mm. Yeah, but there are, less, there are less foreigners right now here. It's a little bit harder to get in So here. in that sense, yeah. I've always said that. I mean, the fewer people are here, the more opportunities there someone are. Someone told me this the other day at the coffee with someone here, and he said, yeah, now if you are here... Correct. Yeah, you can get a lot of Correct. Opportun more opportunities. The amount of jobs uh, in teaching <laughs> are going to be enormous. And if there's no supply, what does that happen? Mm. Anybody here took uh, Economics 101? You know what's going to happen. Salaries go high. Mm -hmm. 
Right. It's just right. that simple. Right. The other thing is, is there going to be um, a change of heart towards English? Is English going to lose a little bit that relevance that it's that it's enjoyed for the last three decades? I don't think so. I don't think so too. No, no, I don't think I so. I think Chinese people are smart, and um, they know the tools they need. Mm -hmm. The thing is that, <clears throat> uh, as a language enthusiast myself, but in general, English has become like the international standard, and whereas that people from all over the world in any country abundantly speak and learn English since kindergarten and it becomes an international <laughs> standard. So to try to shift that and like hypothetically, let, let's say uh, China becomes the world superpower because they have the highest GDP and whatever. Okay, cool. It's going to be very, very difficult to like say, okay, we're all going to learn Chinese now. That's not, it's, it's, it's already happening in some, in some, in some we way, can. In places. Many people can, but the, what, I'm, what I want to say is the learning curve and the complexity oh, of learning Mandarin Chinese is mm. much higher than, than English. Right, right. And so that's the only thing that would slow that momentum. And, as, and the thing is, like, once something is like, stationed as the standard, like English, as being the first language internationally, the number one language spoken by, second language spoken by uh, people who are non-native speakers, It's going to be very difficult. But it's already that. very lucrative, I think, in the world now to learn Chinese. Yeah. It's very lucrative, you know? I If think you can uh, communicate with Chinese people in wow, their own language, yeah. um, it also uh, raises your status in yeah, the eyes of exactly. the Chinese person. For But sure. I, wanted to, I wanted to say sure. something very interesting. You speak Spanish. Yeah. I speak Spanish. We never speak Spanish to each other. <laughs> we, whenever yeah. We <laughs> yeah. Why is that? I mean... You give your answer, then I'll, tell you, I'll give you my answer. I think, I think the reason for that is partly the context and how we met and how we communicated with each other was al already from the beginning, it's in English. But it's also the matter that I know and I feel that if I speak to you in English, there is absolutely no language barrier. There's no communication issue. So I never feel like nothing clicks in my brain that says, hey, you should speak Spanish. But with some other friends, this I is have. not getting not, not getting through. This idea is yeah, not yeah, yeah. No, we can express our ideas to each other very clearly. In better English. in English than in Spanish. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, well, the thing not, is not that better. But when 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 the English level of the person that you're speaking to is not that high, you always have that doubt. Should I say, for example, if I'm talking to somebody who's Chinese, should I say this in Chinese? Right. That the same happens to to yeah. to be to you and, and me. I mean, should I say this in Spanish? There's no need. Right. Because of our particular levels of English. I see. About my particular level of English, you grew up there. <laughs> <laughs> English, your first language, or Spanish? Spanish? Spanish is your first language. There is a difference between first language and mother language. Yes. So, so it's, it's your mother, mother language. language. Yes. Uh, it is my mother language, and technically, you can have two mother languages. You know, yeah. Two okay. yeah, first languages. The term mother language comes from well, how people right. were raised. Yeah. Moms used to take care of home, so you speak your mother's language, yeah. but. Theoretically, is the the languages that they speak at home. For example, you. What do you speak? What yeah. do you speak at home, with your kid? For example, do you speak Hebrew? English. Mm. Never. With my kids. Yeah. English. Never. Mm. No. Wow. Um, Are you denying like hey. part of the culture that way? No, don't, I, I don't. Mean, I don't. What, is this on purpose? I suppose. I'm just lazy. <laughs> but <laughs> but you have to. Admit. No, my wife doesn't speak Hebrew, uh -huh. so we speak mm. English at home. Mm. So I just spoke English, and then after a while, it's like. Look, it's a big mistake. Mm -hmm. I admit, I admit it. You know, it's it's a it's a problem, uh, but I haven't done it on 
on time, you know, so, you know, that's the thing. What, in Colombia, what age you start learning English at school? It really depends, and it really has changed. When, um, when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I didn't go to, I, did, I went to an international school, but it was a French school. Mm -hmm. From first um, grade? From kindergarten, oh, basically. Okay, well, okay. No, well, yeah, first grade. So you did? Um, so at this French school, I started learning English from middle school. From middle school, but you studied French first. Yes, uh, every oh. every single subject at school was in French. All right. But um, all the people that go to international schools, they go, for example, to um, um, Deutsche right. Schule, right. like the German school, or they go to the Italian school. Then the same, they start learning English a little bit late, like in middle school. What about public school? But public schools, they start really, really late. Usually, when I was when in were, school, yeah. it was um, just high school, the last three years really? of high school. Yeah. Wow. So the and English now? level of Colombian people is very low. Now, I'm That's sure it's early. gone a lot, a lot lower, probably from primary, almost sure from primary school, I yeah, at public levels, uh, public school, sorry. I started, uh, I was went to public school, I started learning, uh, studying English, fourth grade. Mm -hmm. We started fourth grade. We started studying Bible, second grade. Oh, boy. <laughs> How about Spanish in the U.S.? Um, because I mean, when I started going to school in the U.S., I was actually in ESL classes, <clears throat> so all of my classes were actually in Spanish. Right. And then, after about uh, second grade, and then going into third grade, then they changed me over to full English classes because they already felt okay. He speaks enough English to just go to regular. This is the kind classes. of process and that I was doing in California, just teaching Mexican kids to speak English. Having said all this. Chinese people mm. starting learning English in like really, really, Diapers. really early. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're eager to, to know, you know, it's different. A, a lot of parents, when they come to me, they say like, uh, how can I help my kid learn English? How can I do this a little bit faster? Right. And to me, my professional point of view is exposure. The more exposure you have to language, yes. um, the faster you learn as a kid. And it's, it's a combination of another factor. The more interested you are in something, the more um, eager to learn you yeah. will be. So if you find what your children are interested in, say they're interested in comics, well, expose the kid to comics in English. Yes, right. Right. So there's an interest. Right. And you're forcing the exposure right. to the language based on that interest. Your yeah. kid likes Lego, okay? Having watched <laughs> Lego videos in English, because because you're you're using the interest that the kid has to expose him to English. I know some that's, parents like that, Chinese parents, and it works. Yeah, that's it that's yeah, basically definitely. what I think is yeah. the number one factor in determining how fast you can learn. Right. So um, we need to get our CCP checks soon. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, wrap, yeah, we're gonna yeah, wrap yeah. this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jason <laughs> Comet Chen Polink. What? I'm yeah. just Comet. All right, <laughs> okay. Just thank you very Comet, uh, very much Comet for joining us. I hope that you guys enjoyed listening and watching this video. And as always, remember if you liked our content, make sure to subscribe to our channel. And when you do that, don't forget to hit the bell button to be notified whenever we have a new video out. Remember to follow us on all the social media that you see down here. And well, until we see you again, I'm Fernando. I'm Ziv. And this is, of course, China. See you Thanks later. Jason. See ya. <laughs>